0: Just before we jump into it, I'm going to give you straight out, no appetizers, just going to throw the main course on the table, okay? This is about living holy, this is about avoiding sin, um, we'll be covering it tonight, next week, okay, next Wednesday, the Wednesday after that, there is no service, because that's Christmas week, and I'm probably going to pick up this topic again after the holidays, uh, because it's that important, because uh, everybody looks straightforward, don't, don't, don't. Everybody deals with sin. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at the person in front of you, behind you. Every one of us has to deal with sin. We're living in a world that's still affected by sin. We are, those of us that are born again, we are the body of Christ. Our sin has been paid for. But you're still living on a planet that's very much affected by sin. Our flesh is very much subjected to sin and temptation. Amen? Amen. Okay, so... What does this have to do with the season that we're in? Well, this is the very reason why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because some fat guy crawled down a chimney. We celebrate Christmas because it is the beginning of the overthrow of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. It is the literal introduction of the Messiah into the earth. Uh, not only for the nation of Israel, but he's our Messiah too. Okay? You say, well, well, I'm not Jewish. Well, do you use the word Christ. How many of you recognize the word Christ? Well, the word Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. So when you say Jesus is my Lord, you're saying that Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, is your Lord, okay? He's not just the the Messiah for the nation of Israel. He's the Messiah for the whole world. He is the Savior of the world. Yes or no? Yes. Okay, he came here to undo everything that Adam did. Adam allowed sin to come into this world. So I thought it was Eve. Now, Adam should have taught his wife about what God said to him about Sid, and then maybe she wouldn't have made that mistake, okay? But the fact of the matter is, okay, the the whole reason we celebrate Christmas is to acknowledge this time when Jesus came into the earth, fulfilling the promise that God made to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter three, that this Redeemer would come, okay? Don't ever forget that. Don't lose the importance of this holiday don't let it get caught up in all of the man-made traditions and all of the busyness and materialism and all this other garbage don't separate yourself from that okay that's really what we're talking about in holiness holiness means to be separate amen. not better than separate apart from that's what we're called to amen I'm going to do a review very, very quickly, and then we're going to go in. The reason why we speeded things along tonight is because I have six pages of notes. Okay, so I'm in teaching mode. Are you in listening mode? Yes. Good. How many are in student mode tonight? Okay, then I'm either going to want to see a Bible on your lap or your phone app. You need to get, you need to see the scriptures. Okay. How many of you have a phone and don't have a Bible app on it? don't have a bible app on it or somebody around them that has a bible app show them how to do that okay how many of you have your phone here and you have a bible app get the phone out you thought you'd never hear that in church right get your phone out (laughs) silence it but open up your bible app okay because you need to see these scriptures i know they're on the screen but it's something about you singing in your hand all right, so the reason we're, we're celebrating this, the reason for it all, that's the name of this series. 1 John chapter three, verse eight. Brian, I forgot my water bottle over there. Thank you, buddy. <clears throat> I recorded a bunch of stuff today, so if my voice sounds a little strained, pray for me, amen? Amen. Okay, 1 John chapter three, verse eight. I've chosen to, to give you the amplified version because it opens it up a little bit more. Now we're heading for the last part of the verse, but we got to read this other stuff too. The one who practices sin, and then it goes on to describe what that means, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference. Man, if that's a word for today. So many people, so many Christians are walking around indifferent um, to their relationship with God or rebellion. The scripture says, anybody who's participating in this is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. Then it goes on to tell us the reason we're celebrating this holiday, that the Son of God appeared for this purpose. What's the purpose? To destroy, come on, say it with me. To destroy the works of the devil. And it's for this reason that we're celebrating. To destroy means from the original language, to paralyze, to neutralize, to render ineffectual. What is the work of the devil? The work of the devil is to trap human beings in sin. Say, well, how do we know that? Because the very first thing he does when he shows up on the scene, as it's recorded in the Word, is tricks human beings into sinning. Okay, you got it? He is the father of lies. He is... The master of deception. Do we understand that? Are you getting this? Okay. So what is sin? In the original Greek word, I talked about this, the original Greek word I talked about last week is harmartia. Harmartia. You don't need to know it, but you need to know that what it means is to miss the mark. It is literally an archery term. You know what archery is? You get a bow, and you put an arrow in it, and you hit a target. That's the picture of sin. God has a target. We miss it. When we miss the target, when we miss his standard, it's called sin. You got that? Okay, good. So, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says that we all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. In other words, we all miss the mark. And the greatest debt that we have is a debt of sin. Romans 6:23 again, this is overview. We're getting to the new stuff. For the wages of sin is death. What's a wage? What's a wage? Pay, pay. We could, What's another word for wage? Pay salary, pay, salary, paycheck, reward, whatever. OK. Yes. Reward. So, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. OK? There is a payment for, for sin. There's a reward. For separating ourselves from sin. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, if sin, listen to me now, this is the new stuff. If sin is missing the mark, then what's the mark? You listen? Think about it. If sin means we're missing the mark, what's the mark that we're missing? Okay? Watch. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. You probably read this this morning, book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. I'm going to read to you from three different translations. New International Version. God speaking, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. New Living Translation. So set yourselves apart to be holy for I am the Lord your God. Contemporary English Version. Dedicate yourselves to me and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Consecrate, set apart. You see what I'm saying? Consecrate. God said it, but we have to do it. You getting this? God has declared what his desire is for us, but he doesn't do it for us. Why? Because you have a free will. I have a free will. Okay? Now, and as far as the topic we talked about last week extensively, and I can't do it again tonight, righteousness, you had nothing to do with except saying yes to Jesus. Right, that's right. You can't make yourself righteous, okay? Now, uh, to, to give you a comparison or give you maybe a more vivid illustration, we live right next door to one of the largest Jewish communities in the world. Yeah. Okay? Now, they believe that they can make themselves righteous. Uh, this is not i uh, I'm not being disparaging here, I'm just making an observation so you see it. By the way they dress, by the food they eat, by whether they walk a certain amount of feet on Saturdays, all of these things, what kind of clothing they're worn, what's the clothing made out of, what, all, all these other kind of rules and regulations. So it's an outward thing, But but, it doesn't bring the righteousness of the Word of God. It doesn't bring the righteousness which is of faith. Are you catching this? Say, well, that's them. No, no, we do the same thing sometimes. We do the same thing sometimes. We think that if we change our outward appearance, that it's going to make a difference on the inside. It does not. You and I, when we're born again, you're born again in your spirit, your innermost being, your core changes. God does that. All you do is say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. I want to be born again. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Is that clear? Yes. Okay. But now, now God instantly then at that point considers you righteous. Now remember what righteous means. Righteous does not, don't mix up righteous with outward piety or a person who looks holy. Okay righteousness as far as the bible is concerned is this that you are now in right standing with god okay are you listen? and it's not because of what you do it's because of what you believe so you and i can't do anything to become righteous on our own he brings us into right standing however and i'm going to warn you ahead of time this is not a popular message as far as holiness goes, that's our responsibility. Well, how can that be? I'll give you the scriptures. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Why would you think that conduct is important here? I'm getting ahead of myself here, and I'm going to talk about it again in a few minutes, but our conduct is, our conduct is what the people outside see. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Verse 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, and he's quoting Leviticus, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay Say the word stay. stay. Conduct, your, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in what? Fear. Fear, fear of, like scared fear or fear awe? Reverence. 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 Thank you. Okay. The word stay in the original language is the word sojourn. We don't use that word anymore. It's an old English word. When they translated the Bible, they originally translated King James English. Sojourn. Has anybody used that word anymore? Sojourn. This is what sojourn means. It's a dwelling as a resident alien. You get this? Yeah. Dwelling as a resident. In other words, it's temporary. He's saying, while you're on this earth, dwelling as a temporary resident, because you're really an alien, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. We belong to a different kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. Are you catching this? Amen. He said, while you're doing that, be sure that you're holding God in reverence. Be sure that you're walking in the fear of God, which is the Bible tells us is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. The time we spend on the earth today, we're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be separate from tainted habits, lifestyles, and mindsets of the world system. It's something that we are responsible for. We pull ourselves away. We're supposed to pull ourselves away. We're not supposed to be thinking like an unsaved person. We're not supposed to be speaking like an unsaved person. We're not supposed to be acting like an unsaved person. You're not that anymore. Okay? We're not supposed to be posting on Facebook like an unsaved person dropping the f-bomb oh my God. using all kind, and then you come to church your your friends are watching your facebook Amen. posts Amen. they probably don't some of them have never met you but they know you online as though that's that christian facebook friend and then and then do i need to go any further no. 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 minding everybody's business tonight At least if you're going to conduct yourself that way, don't tell them where you go to church. (laughs) Why? Why is this important? Why are we responsible for this? Why doesn't God just do it for us? Why doesn't he just, 1 Peter chapter 2, why is it important for us to conduct ourselves in a certain way? Separate from the way the rest of the world operates separate from our let's put it this way this is safer some of you don't like when i talk like that how about separating ourselves from the way our old person used to act so we're taking responsibility for ourselves now because you know it's easy to take this message and start looking your nose down at people that don't know christ yet you were that person at one time okay why first peter chapter two verse nine but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you, for what reason? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of what? Darkness. Then why would you go back into darkness? He called us out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. Verse 10 says, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We don't give enough credit to that word. We like to use the words love. We love to use the words faith. We like to use the word grace. We really like grace. Because grace, it gives us things that we don't deserve. We like that. But we don't put enough emphasis on mercy. And honestly, we came into this relationship with our Father because he had mercy on us. He saw us in our filth. He saw us in our darkness. He saw us in our lost condition and had mercy upon us. And out of his mercy, directed someone to come and talk to you, to come and talk to me. In his mercy, he made sure that we got exposed to the message of the gospel, that through Christ, we can be born again. Are you listening? We don't give up. You're here because of the mercy of God. I'm standing here because of the mercy of God. Every one of us in this room could sit down and tell the story about what could have happened to us if God hadn't intervened in our lives. I like to stress mercy because it has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with him. Grace we can access by faith, but mercy is a matter of just falling at God's feet and saying, have mercy on me. Please don't send me to hell. Please don't give me what I really deserve. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. we, we, you know, sometimes uh, we can get like, well, you know, I believed God and this happened. Oh, what did he do? I prayed and this happened. I trusted God and this happened. And that's wonderful. It's wonderful when that happens. But you see, it involves us. But mercy, and, and sometimes, honestly, when you get overwhelmed, the best thing you could do is say, Lord, have mercy on me. Amen. You got it? Yes. So, according to 2nd, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, what is God concerned about? He's concerned about our living our life before the world, who's watching us. And he leaves us here after we get born again he leaves us here purposely like a billboard like an advertisement to show off what he's done in our lives through our lives how he's changed us people watch people listen they observe just like you observe someone and you came to the conclusion Man, they have something I don't have. Are you catching this? Yes. But it's all about God shining His love, His light, through us. If we are constantly conducting ourselves in such a way, where a person will not even consider us worthy of, of watching, then God cannot work through us, Amen. and may, may our, our conduct can affect somebody else's life. Amen. I've told this story a couple of times. I don't want to get off into a bunch of stories tonight, but we'll tell you this one. When, I, when Barbara and I were first married and, and our first son came along, probably three, four years later, during that time, we were very close friends with an older couple, okay? Of, don't, don't forget, it. it was in my 20s then, so somebody in their 50s and 60s was an older couple. Now, 65 is young, But you understand what I'm saying? These people were old enough to be my parents. And they kind of, uh, because we didn't have any family down here in this area, everybody was still up in North Jersey at that time. uh, They kind of, we kind of like took to them, they took to us and they came to our, our first son's first birthday and they owned a business in the area. And so we were close friends for probably four, five, six years before I got born again, okay? After I got born again, These were the first people, uh, some of the first people I went to tell, hey, I I found out about Jesus. And and so when I told them, they said to me, oh, we've been born again for years. And I went, what? Are you kidding? It literally stunned me because these are the people who taught me how to go to Atlantic City and gamble. (laughs) These are the people who, you know, drank. And I'm like, what? What? What's, what, I wanted to say, what type of born again did you become? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's the same brand that I just experienced. <laughs> now, now, watch this now. Thank God in his mercy, although he could not use them to influence my life, God, thank God that he grabbed a hold of others and brought them into my life to... But isn't it a shame that he had a... Now, they're both in heaven now. I hope. You know what I'm saying? Um, but isn't it a shame that God had to circumvent them and bring somebody else into my life because if my life hadn't been affected, I don't know what would have happened. It, I, God, in his mercy, would have sent somebody else to minister to my family um, But you want to say, listen, my point is this. Do you want to be the person that God has to circumvent? No. No. Do do we want to stand in eternity? and, And Jesus say to us, I had a whole group of people that I wanted you to have the pleasure to affect their lives. I wanted to use you, but your conduct would have driven them away. So I had to bring strangers. I had to bring others into this one's life and that one's life and that one's life because I couldn't use you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in heaven. You're saved because I shed my blood for you. But I would have loved to use you so that you would have had the honor and the privilege and the reward in heaven of being used. That's why You and I need to live holy and separate, and we need to listen to me, please. We need to disconnect ourselves from sin as much as possible. Now we're never going to be completely successful, but we've got to be at least trying. We've got to be at least. People will come and tell me, "Do you think a person that's involved in this, that, and the other thing can you help them?" (coughs) Yeah, if they're struggling. If they're struggling. So and so, my friend is an alcoholic. Uh, can you help them? Yeah, if they're struggling. <coughs> I, we were having a conversation recently. I forget if it was today, or yesterday. So and so, you don't know, have a problem with addiction. No, that's the problem. They don't have any problem with the addiction. Right. The problem is coming out of the addiction. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, so, can we help a? Pro- yeah, if they're struggling. If they hate what they're doing, but they can't help it, and they're struggling, and they want out, yes. But we all know people that are very content in their sin, yes. very content in living ungodly. Yes or no? Yes. All right. So let's go back to First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. Remember, he's li- he's interested. God is interesting in us living our life out in front of the world, in front of the lost. You getting this? Yes. Okay, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, where did we hear that word before? In that other scripture. And pilgrims, abstain, abstain from the what? Fleshly lusts, or we could say strong craving, which war against the soul. I don't care who you are. I don't care, you know, how you walk around holy in front of church. Everybody's got something that they struggle with. Amen. Everybody has something and sometimes multiple. And if you don't, you just proved that it's pride and that's what it is. <laughs> you catching this? Yes. Everybody's got something that is trying, trying to war against our soul. Why our soul? Because your soul is the thing that is uh, affected by the things of the world. We contact the outside world through our senses. In turn, our senses affect our soul. And isn't it interesting? You and I got born again. Our spirit was sealed. Boom. That's it. Perfect in God's sight. Your spirit. But our soul... The whole reason the New Testament epistles, the letters to the church exist, is to help our soul get away from the old man and become more and more connected to our spirit. Because in our spirit is the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this, please? Okay. So that's the battle. Now, we're equipped for it if we want to fight it. But unless you recognize that those, the empowerment and the equipment is already in you, you're going to be looking for it in, your, in your, your willpower. You're going to be looking for it with self-help type of things. You're going to try to do it in your own power, and you're going to fail miserably. Grace is the empowerment that God gave us. Listen to me. Some of you are going to have to start, stop listening to some of the stuff you're hearing on television. And some of you are going to have to draw out some books. Grace from God does not exist to allow us to live our life any way we want. And then God goes. Amen. Grace exists primarily to empower you and I to do something that we cannot do in the natural. You listening to me? So when we're tempted, and I'm getting ahead of myself by weeks or, or so. When we're tempted, the answer is not try. well, I'm strong. I got big shoulders. I'm strong enough to. No, no, no. When we're tempted, we're supposed to run to the grace of God Amen. and say, Father, grace me. Grace is an empowerment. Grace is a force Grace is a gift from God that shores us up and makes us strong enough to say, no, I'm not going that way. Are you listening to me? But God can't force you to pursue his grace. He could just draw you, speak to you. He may warn you of things to come. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you're sensitive to his voice, the Holy Spirit will let you know, you're gonna get tempted today. Don't go there. Don't go to that channel on the TV. Uh, you're going to get hit today when you're on your computer, whether it's at work or home. Something's going to be aware. Be vigilant. Okay? Something's going to pop up. An email's going to come your way. Some, something's going to come. Be aware to make sure that as soon as it pops up, you destroy it immediately. Get it off your screen. Boy, does it get quiet when you talk about this stuff. You learning anything tonight? Yes. Okay. Um, so, remember that word, sojourner. We're temporary residents here. Temporary residents here. Temporary residents here. Yet, we put so much focus on this temporary time that we're gonna be on this planet, and compa- if we could only fathom in our minds how minuscule it is compared to eternity then we would say okay uh, i'll suck it up i'll do without i'll deny myself what i think i deserve i'll deny my flesh Uh, like paul says i'll buffet my body why this time's going to pass quick but in eternity what i do here is going to really make a difference you getting this? Yes. Okay. So, as God's people Israel, you understand God chose Abraham. He expected Abraham to raise his family according to his faith. From Abraham, we have the entire nation of Israel. Yes? Yes. You getting this? Yes. Why? Why did God choose Abraham? There's a scriptural answer. No. He said he chose Abraham because he knew he would teach his children after him. Now, that includes the fact that he had faith. But he chose Abraham because, you know, with this guy, with all his flaws, with all his faults, he's going to teach his children. And they will teach their children after them. Why? Because God wasn't interested in just a person. God wasn't even interested in a family. God was interested in a nation. Okay? Now, What was the purpose that God had for that nation? We just read it in 2 Peter chapter 1, or whatever that is, 1 Peter chapter 2. He said of them, you are a holy nation. A royal priesthood. In the original, in King James, it says, a peculiar people. They're different than everybody else. Well, guess what? We're the seed of Abraham. Abraham. So if they were supposed to be different than everybody else, then we're supposed to be different than everybody else. Amen. I know we don't like this because we've bombarded we've been bombarded by so much worldliness that we think and, and if you're thinking this I pray to God that the Holy Spirit shows you different that we think that when we start talking about this stuff, we're talking legalistically. No, it's not legalism. To be living holy is not legalism. It is trying to please God. Now watch this. Not so that I can go to heaven. That's already been settled. But in my life, after I receive Christ, I want to please God. The the thing that rises up in my heart every time I minister, as soon as I'm off by myself, Father, I pray that the time I just spent pleased you. Pleased you. I hope you're pleased too but honestly if I'm gonna please God please you I'm going with God because that has eternal effect you listening to me please so watch this now again my main point that I want to make tonight and we still might not even get to the scriptures I wanted to get next week because this is still introduction okay My main point that I want to bring tonight is this. I please, I hope you get this. Holiness is something that God is expecting of us. Please understand this. Please, again, do not mix it up with righteousness. Righteousness is God's responsibility. Holiness is our responsibility. He gave you and I free will. That means you and I have to make the choice... To say no, I'm not getting involved in that conduct. No, I'm not going to continue to think that way. No, I am not going to speak those type of things. Now we're not perfect in any of these things, but he, he expects us to be aware of this. Okay. All right. Let me let me go in. Here. Let me get into these scriptures. These scriptures I saw. It wasn't part of the original teaching. The Lord led me to these scriptures last Sunday morning. Actually, during the night, I woke up with this strong urgency to go read the book of Ephesians. And when I got done reading the book of Ephesians a couple of times, and the Lord spoke some things to me that I taught to our staff this past Tuesday, then something triggered me to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to please look at these words. I want you to, I pray that the scriptures will speak to your heart because some of this stuff is going to go against what you've learned in the world, okay? Verse 14, just going to jump right into the middle of it. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I'm going to answer the question right off. But aren't we supposed to love everybody? This has nothing to do with loving everybody. Yes, we're supposed to love everybody. But you're not supposed to connect yourself to everybody. Are you listening? Are you getting this? Yes. Do not be unequally yoked. What does it mean, yoked? It's not an egg yoke it's talking about. It's yoked. It's the farm implement that they would put on two animals to be able to work together to accomplish a goal. And you can love somebody, but don't put them on the other side of the yoke with you. Why? Because you're going to want to go one way, and the other ox is going to want to go the other way. And guess what? You're not going to affect them. They're going to affect you. And by the time you get to the other part of the field, you're going to go, what the heck happened here? How did I end up here in all this muck, and all this mire, and all this junk. You listening? Okay. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial, which is just another word for the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17, look at this closely because I'm going to explain it to you because it doesn't mean what you might think it means. Therefore, what is therefore, therefore? Based on, in other words, he's saying, based on everything I just said, come out from among them and, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Verse 18, and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Then I went right into 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, because it should have been all included together. Because when this was originally written, it was not separated in chapters. Okay? Verse 1 of the next chapter says, Therefore, having these promises... What promise? That if we'll separate ourselves, that we'll not touch what is unclean, that God will receive us. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, look at this, look at this. See where the comma is after beloved? I want you to read this out loud with me, nice and loud, one, two, three. Let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in what? Who's supposed to do the cleansing? We are. You see it? Do you see it? We're supposed to do the cleansing. God's not going to do the cleansing until we repent and turn around. Until we're willing to disconnect. Now, this is a rough one. I had to live with this before I could bring it to you. We have to do the cleansing. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light in us and go, hey, I've had enough of this. Get rid of this conduct. Stop thinking this way. Stop listening to this garbage. Stop, stop absorbing and letting affect your mind, letting your mind be affected by the philosophies of this world. I know nobody in here would be this, this way, okay? <laughs> but there are some Christians that entertain philosophies and go, where the heck did you get that from? Because it's not in the Bible. Well, regardless of what the Bible says, this is what I believe. Oh, really? And what if that belief eventually leads you to hell? Who are you going to blame? Yes, God didn't give you that philosophy. I just covered this last week, I think, last Sunday. Wasn't it? Wasn't last Sunday we talked about this philosophy that there's many paths to God? Yeah. Where the heck did you get that one from? Because it's not in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty narrow if you ask me. Yeah. Yet there are people, there are, there are Christians. Oh, you know, I really just believe. All these religions, it's all really the same God, different name. Where? Where did you get that one from? First commandment tells you not to put any idols before him. How did, that, how did that philosophy affect your mind? You obviously dabbled in something that did not come from the word of God. And because it appealed to you, because you're so spiritual, you sucked it and you let it come right into your heart. And now it becomes a stronghold. You getting this? Yes. I hope you are. Because this is serious. Because let me tell you, The church in general has sucked up stuff for the past 15, 20 years that has nothing to do with the word of God. And that's why the church of God has become so ineffectual of reaching the world. People, God almost has to drag people in on his own because people are looking at our, our, our lives. People are watching us. People are looking at the stuff that we post, not all of us, but some of us. And don't, don't, don't go out of here saying, well, he had it in for everybody tonight. No. This is a message that comes right from the heart of God. Why? Dangerous times are coming. Amen. And if you don't separate yourself from the world, and if you're not living holy, you're not going to have what it takes to stand up against the deception that's coming on the world. And let me tell you something. It's coming in wheelbarrow loads. It's coming in dump truck loads. Everything you see online are lies, 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 deception, delusion. And if you're not careful and stop, stop making believe everything is political, it has nothing to do with politics, it has everything to do. The battle is not between good and evil. The battle has always been between truth and lies. The very first thing the devil presented was lies to counter the truth. It's always been the same battle. Amen. Stop sucking up everything that comes down the path. Start thinking. Start praying. Start asking the Holy Ghost. Is this true? Is this not? You have a Holy Spirit in you. Amen. You have the Holy Spirit in you, and and what ends up happening is sometimes because you're not aware of that, you you have not been God inside mind. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. What ends up happening is the Holy Ghost, when you encounter something that's delusional, deception, lies right from the pit of hell, your spirit on the inside is going eh, 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 and 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 and, and you sit there go. And you keep reading it, and you keep listening to it. There is only one truth that's in the scriptures. That's it. Amen. Everything else after everything has to be compared to what the Word of God says. Amen. Stop putting your oh, Stop putting your Christianity in a category. You're either a Christian twenty-four-seven or you're not. Stop like you're a Christian when you come to church, but then when you go to work, you're like, well, you know, I got to be with my friends. It'll Somebody help me now. <laughs> come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. I sit on my recliner with the remote control in my hand. Not because I'm a guy and I want to just keep clicking. Because when a commercial comes on that I know I can't watch this, I'm immediately clicking. Clicking. I don't care what. I'll go watch a cartoon until that commercial is over. (laughs) In some shows, I just will not watch. Okay? I'm not bragging to you. I'm just saying. I need to do that for me. You mean at this age? Yes, at this age. Not everything is good for you to watch. You sit there and you watch all this worldly garbage, and everything has an agenda, and 99% of it is contrary to what the scriptures say. The world is out to make you selfish, greedy, self centered, degenerate. When our kids were first, especially my oldest son. We didn't have cable TV in the house. We had little DVD, not, not even DVDs. Back then, we had the cassette tapes. Okay, I wouldn't even let him watch. What was that cartoon with the Master of the Universe? Or what was that? He-Man. He-Man. I said to him, "Don't let him watch that. That's ungodly." Because it was Master, wasn't it? The Universe thing. I said, "There's one He-Man, and that's not him. It's Jesus." I wouldn't let them watch his stupid skeletard things. That was nothing compared to the trash that our kids are being exposed to today. Trash. Trash. And guess what? Who's going to be responsible for them watching that stuff? Ah, you know, it's harmless. Let them sit. It's harmless. Everything's harmless. Everything's harmless. And then when they turn 15, you want to bring them here because you want us to wave a magic wand over their heads and make them good again. Meantime, you let them sit in front of the television like zombies for six hours a day because they kept you alone and so you can go on Facebook. (laughs) Making a lot of friends tonight, huh? (laughs) Start taking responsibility for your kids. He gave them to you. They're a gift from God. Hallelujah. So look at this now. Hey, we got some time. Verse 18. Go, can you give me verse 18 again from that, that scripture we just had? Who is that back there? I can't see it. you. Hey Jay. Watch this now. This is important. Because let me tell you something. Up until this weekend, I did not have clarity on this verse of scripture. It confused me. Because we're told and the scriptures uphold this that we're saved by grace, yes? And we have to, you know, by faith, and we have to receive it by faith. But then when I used to read this, i go, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It kind of threw me. And then this weekend, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost, the Holy impressed upon me when I read verse 18. I heard on the inside, don't you remember the teaching from Romans 8, 14? And I went, oh my God. Romans 8:14, let me go to that, and then we'll come back to this. Is that okay?: Yes You got Romans 8:14 back there? <laughs> Look what it says here: "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God." Amen. That's what it says in English, but it doesn't say that in Greek. In Greek, it says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God." These are the mature sons of God. And the Greek word for sons is not the word infant or toddler. It's the word huios, which is full-grown adult. You got it? Well, guess what? Let's go back to the other scripture. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my huios, says the Lord Almighty. So he's telling us, come out from among them. You're, watch this now. You're saved, your spirit's saved, but I want you to operate on the earth as a mature son and daughter of God, and that's not gonna happen unless you come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing and separate yourself. Then I will receive you as what? A mature full-grown son and daughter. That makes a big difference. And that's the difference between a baby Christian... And doesn't mean they're baby Christians because they got saved last week. They're baby Christians. They might have got saved 40 years ago, but they never grew because they never separated themselves from the things of the world. They never let the word of God make the separation between, and the distinction between what's worldliness and what's godly and just kept living life, going to heaven, ha, 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 going to heaven, but acting like babies on the earth. And then, con- you know what happens when a Christian lives like a baby on the earth? They suffer from guilt and condemnation continuously. Why? Because they're always sinning. they're They're always thinking wrong. They're always conducting themselves wrong. And then when the Holy Ghost brings conviction on the inside, then they beat themselves up. So they go through the cycle. Does this sound familiar? Go through the cycle. Working with God, working with God, tempted, tempted, tempted. And ooh, this looks good. That looks good. That philosophy sounds great. Ooh, this conduct sounds like it would be fun. We get involved in stuff that we're not supposed to. Then when we wake up from our slumber and realize we just got ourselves involved in sin, what happens? The enemy comes along and goes, is that how a Christian? Christian thinks? Is that how a Christian talks? Is that how a Christian, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Oh, God can't love you anymore. And it's all deception and it's all traps from the enemy. But I'm born again, pastor. Yeah, your spirit's born again, but your soul is immature. Hallelujah. You getting this? Yes. So the scripture is not saying that we have to come out of the worldliness to be saved. We're saved by grace. But in order to attain spiritual maturity, we must disconnect, disconnect ourselves from all uncleanness. And when, when the word speaks about uncleanness, it's usually talking about sexual immorality. Sensuality. That's everything on TV appeals to our sen- appeals towards sensuality. I'll, I'll sit there sometimes and say, what the heck are they selling? I don't understand. What are they selling? What does this person, naked body, have to do with the car they're going to drive? Because if they drive the car in this condition, they're going to get arrested. <laughs> what in God's name does this appeal, this message have to do with the product? You have to wait till the end of the commercial. What what the heck are they selling? I don't know what they're selling. (laughs) For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature. Say that word, please. These are the mature sons of God. The Passion Translation really gets it right. Really gets it good. The mature children of God are those who are not... Excuse me, let me start again. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And I'll add this, not the impulses of the flesh. Hebrews chapter 12, now listen to Now, knowing this, having this background now, now listen to Hebrews chapter 12, right? Verse one, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, they're watching us in heaven. They're watching us in heaven. I'll do something stupid sometimes and I'll go, oh God, don't let my mother see this. Don't let my mother see this. Or, or we, we, have, we have a child that's there. We have a child that went there waiting for us. I'll say, please block his eyes. Give him something to do. Go send him somewhere. Don't let him see this. We are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay, who's going to do it? Let us lay aside every weight and uh, the what? The sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look, how you gonna do it? How you gonna do it? How you gonna do it? How you gonna be able to wait? How, How are you gonna be able to lay aside the weight? How are you gonna be able to lay aside the sin? Oh, I'm strong. I got willpower. Baloney, looking unto Jesus. The author, the initiator, and the finisher, the completer of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Bottom line disconnect, disengage, flee, listen to me, flee from everything or anyone that is going to diminish your relationship with God and that's going to stunt your spiritual growth. Love them, but flee. Flee. Why? You don't want to get on you. What's on them? If you really love them, you'll flee and pray for them. You'll flee and live your life properly before them. You'll, you'll disconnect, love them, check on them once in a while, pray for them fervently, but let them see your life walked out before them if you really love people right. you listening yes. holiness causes us to walk differently it makes us god inside minded yes. Yes. first corinthians 316 again same thought know ye not that you are the temple of god and the spirit of god dwelleth in you Amen. holiness is our responsibility In order to make progress in in this direction, it requires us to distance ourselves from sin. No other way. No other way. We've got to disentangle ourselves. We've got to be able to identify that is not of God. That thought is not of God. That message is not of God. That person has a hook in my soul and and they're going to drag me in the wrong direction. You need to live separate. In your hearts anyway. Live separate. Well, there's all kinds of ungodly people on my job. Get there early. Pray for them. Lay hands on where they work. Okay? Hello, good morning, how are you? Don't let them get a hook in your soul. Don't do it. Don't do it. because all of us want to be liked. We want to be liked. And sometimes in our wanting to be liked, we let our standards down. You're not helping them. You're not helping them because you have an answer on the inside. You have the Holy One on the inside. You have an unction from the Holy Ghost. You have the presence of God in you. Do you understand that the creator of the universe has taken up residence in you? I wonder if we I wish Jesus would do this one time just let us see him right right in us and uh, would you take him every place then? Would you watch some of the stuff that you watch on TV if he was sitting right next to you? You'd be like "I, I, I, I don't know who put this on Lord Are you getting this? Yes. Now, understand, Jesus was born and died on this earth to destroy the power of the devil and, listen, to make it possible for us to live sin-free. Amen. We just got to attack them as they come. As the Holy Spirit reveals them to us, we need to, we need to, we need to get in on it. Now, watch this now. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. In fact, you're not gonna be able to do it by yourself. And there is a principle in the word of God in Romans chapter eight. And man, I'm just gonna keep hammering away at this principle while I still have breath to breathe. Can you go there, it's not my notes, but just go to Romans eight 26. And you're not gonna get it unless you look it up in the original language. Romans eight twenty-six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps. That key word is helps. Like, remember that as I read through this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that's where, that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes in. The ability to be able to gift that you receive from God, the ability to be able to speak that supernatural language that builds you up. But watch this now. Likewise the spirit I didn't have this in my notes, okay, but likewise the spirit, which spirit? Holy. Holy Spirit. Holy spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Where we you could put let's put it this way. The spirit helps us in our ignorance. Because the topic here, the content here is about prayer. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. You know, I don't know everybody in the congregation, what they're going through. So when the Spirit of God puts it on me to pray for the congregation, I'm going to pray primarily in the Spirit. Why? Because when I pray in the Spirit, when I allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me, He's going to pray exactly what you need. I wish He would do the same thing for me because then He'll pray through you exactly what I need. Okay, but the principle here is found in that word helps. In Greek, it's a compound of three different words put together, and it forms this word. Soon, anti, lumbano. Say it with me. Soon, anti, lambano. It means this, that the Holy Spirit will take hold together with, Brian, come up here real quick because you're a good example of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I had to move some massive rock, and it's impossible for me to do it on my own, but the Holy Ghost with me, now he's not going to do it for me, because I got to do it for myself. It's, holiness is my responsibility. But let's say I am facing the temptation of my life, and everything within me is screaming on the inside, go for it, go for it, go for it. And then I, I take a step back and, and, and say, Holy Spirit, in Romans eight twenty-six, you promised that you would take hold, do this, together with me against. Now I've got the Holy Ghost working with me. And he's way more powerful than I am. So so why would you want to go through life on your own in your own willpower when you got the Holy Ghost? Willing to take hold together against. Thank you. You're pretty good at that. Are you getting this? That's how we're going to avoid sin. You're, you're no match for sin. you weren't no a match for the devil in your own power. But in him, in Christ, it's a whole different ballgame. Are you getting this? So, so I pray, and then we're going to dismiss tonight because I'm already over. Um, Don't look at the clock. (laughs) My prayer tonight is that every single one of us and I'm telling you, please Jay, when is this going to go online? Probably tomorrow or by Friday? By Friday the audio of this message will be on on our archives, on the website. Okay? I pray that you'll share it especially, listen to me especially with a Christian that is really struggling with sin, that is really struggling in an area, they keep falling into it. My prayer is that they'll be empowered by this. But I pray that the Holy Spirit continues to reveal this to you, every one of you that are here tonight, especially that he will help you to identify the areas that he wants cleaned out now. There were some things that, you know, the Israelites, they went through the wilderness and God didn't wipe them clean overnight. He dealt with one thing after another, after another, after another. As they approached situations, he dealt with it. And that's pretty much how he deals with us. But then there were things that he said to them. He said to Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to wipe them all out. They needed to deal with that sin right away. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will make us all aware of the areas of life that he wants us to work on now. I pray that if anyone here tonight or is listening to this, that has fallen under this deception, that because the grace of God is upon us that we can live any way we want, I pray that the Holy Spirit clears that up for you and shows you the truth in these things. The grace of God is a supernatural empowerment that comes upon us to enable us to do things that we cannot do in the natural. In our own strength amen? amen listen to me understand that i love you all amen. understand that i want all of us including myself to come up to that huios level that amen. mature son and daughter of god because it's in that season in that level of maturity is when we are the best help to the people around us that we claim we love amen. not making us better just making us way more equipped. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you. Um, If you need prayer for anything, please come on up. If not, we'll see you over the weekend.